Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo. The crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. Janet Lowe is a bit of a legend in the job. She spent nearly 20 years at Victoria Police, retiring as a senior sergeant at Paran. But Janet is so much more than a veteran police officer. She's an opera singer, a cooking teacher, and the president of the Ballarat Theatre Organ Society. Janet's the president of the Art Gallery of Ballarat Women's Association and Ballarat Arts Foundation board member. Janet was also the recipient of an Order of Australia Medal in 2011. A very big welcome. Hi, Janet, and and welcome to The Crime Couch. Thanks for having me at The Crime Couch. This is very comfortable. You joined the job in... The 1960s. Why did you become a policewoman, Janet? It seemed a good idea at the time. Did you have anyone in, like a family member, that was involved in policing or what gave you the idea? Because a lot of women in those days might have been nurses, they might have been teachers, but maybe not policewomen. So what motivated you? Oh, I knew a couple of people in the police force and uh, it just seemed it would be something that would suit my ideas. You trained at the depot at St Kilda Road, Janet, and when you received your cap badge, you were PW79. Now, what did that mean? Well, at that stage, the policewomen were on a separate list as far as uh, seniority went. And that meant that I was the 79th policewoman because they didn't reissue the numbers if somebody fell by the wayside, that was that didn't matter. And so I was uh, policewoman number 79. <laughs> With it being that small a number, would you have known policewoman 78? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, uh, that would have been uh, last her name. Her surname was Parker. So, of course, when we went... Uh, She was in a squad ahead of me. There was a bit of carry-on at some stage during this. They used to put two policewomen into a squad with the males and they tried to have one in most squads, you know, two girls. But there'd been a problem and when I went into the academy, the other one, the, the the squad before us had left, so there were no other women in the academy when I was there, or in the old depot. And uh, the other girl who came in with me, I think she lasted three days, and there were no more squads with women in it until I'd, you know, graduated and gone. So I had the whole work to myself. Janet, that must have been extraordinary. What was it like being the only policewoman in your squad and the only one at the academy? Oh, it was wonderful. I get my own way all the time. <laughs> I'm sure you would have. Tell me, what jobs were policewomen given in those days, Janet, and, and why? Why were they given certain jobs? 
we went up to the uh, up to Russell Street as graduated police persons. We weren't, I mean, it was just the usual uh, teaching of young people. We weren't given jobs as, as so many of them sort of infer that we were given inferior jobs. That didn't happen. We were fully paid members of the police force and we worked as such. So you investigated other things, not just welfare and children? Good heavens, yes. Yes, we did all sorts of things. Yes. You see, there's a saying, the role of a police officer is one of the most difficult in our society. He or she must deal with a range of problems and people that test their ingenuity, character and courage in ways that few of us are ever tested. Do you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> Police women weren't allowed, though, to do certain things in those days. Is that something that you'd agree with, Janet? Well, there were certain things that naturally women were better suited to do than men. Now, uh, when I said that the girl ahead of me, number 78, well, the roster for doing the escorts, like the es escorts of the children from the state institutions to go to court, the escorts of women who were in various watch houses to go to court, that was a job for us. And so when there were only the two of us with being the junior members for some months. So the roster would read low, Parker, low, Parker, low, and then next week it would be Parker, low, Parker, low, Parker, low. <laughs> but you accept that because that's a job that you're good at. It was Somebody had to do it. And you would have done it very well. Oh, yes, it was... Uh, yes, there were good, goods and bads. <laughs> Any funny stories about this, Janet, about the certain sort of jobs that you were given or that have stayed with you? The things that happened to me and did, oh, there are just a few around. In the early days, uh, there were quite a lot of escorts, as I've said, you know, just going to court. But then there were jobs where you had to go um, maybe to another city and get somebody and bring them back to wherever they were supposed to go. And at that stage, these jobs were done in plain clothes on public transport. They've got it made these days. They just either pop them in a plane or in a car and take them here and there. But there was a famous story. This wasn't my story, but it was another lass who was just a little bit junior to me. One morning they said, now, to this girl, we call her Kate, they said to Kate, now, you're going to Horsham tomorrow. There are two young children that will be made wards of state tomorrow morning and they've got to be brought back to Melbourne and taken to the um, proper facility. So they said, off you go. And at those days you had to wear hat and gloves and so she got all dressed up and off she went. And she went early that morning and arrived up at uh, Horsham and they were, had somebody looking after these two children. One was a baby and one was about, you know, a year and a half or maybe two. And 
So she got herself all organised with, you know, bottles and everything to go on the train to return to Melbourne. And she was, you know, really pretty busy with this. She's got a baby and another one and a bag of stuff. And so they took her down to the train and she got onto the train and in those days there were separate compartments and always there was one down the end which was supposed to be ladies only. So she headed for that uh, compartment which usually took oh, about six or eight people. So she got down to this apartment and there were two people sitting in the window seats, two ladies. So Kate came in, got herself organised, put the baby down, got, put the other one in and, you know, fiddled around as you do with a couple of kitties. These two women leant over towards each other and whispered something. Then they sat back and then Kate settled herself down. You know, she was going to stay there. And these two women stood up, walked to the door, picked up all their belongings and turned to each other at the door and said, disgraceful, not a wedding ring in sight, and one of them is black. Oh. <laughs> Kate laughed all the way to Melbourne. What an extraordinary story. Janet, you would have had all sorts of treatment, I'd imagine, being in the job. Did you come across any sort of discrimination or any form of unfavourable treatment? And if you did, how did you deal with it or challenges? I don't believe that I did. And if I did, I dealt with it. And then it was over and done with and didn't happen again. You seem a very direct and frank person. Is that generally how you deal with challenges in the job? Why not deal with most things that way? <laughs> How do you view today's female police members, Janet? Oh, they're little heroes, I reckon. <laughs> you know, there's some very, very small girls and this a bit of height and a bit of, uh, you know, maturity is a good thing when dealing with some people. But anyway. Janet, what advice would you give to females in the job today who face challenges or discrimination or prejudice or get told you're not a female, you're not going to be able to do that. I just don't believe in this sort of thing. Sometimes you have to deal with things, you've got to deal with it yourself. Many people don't understand other people as well as they should. But if we think about another quote that I'm going to give you, there is no human activity that does not arise from the mind. And the war games will never cease while the little people all over the world equate violence with entertainment. A fabulous saying there, Janet. What advice would you give to police women or, or pay, maybe even what advice would you give to women that are wanting to be police members? I don't think I can give too much advice now. Things have changed. Life was quite different when I was an operational member and there were people who respected the police. So it's, it's very difficult these days to give advice to just one sector like women. I think any advice that I would give would have to go for the boys as well. And what would that be? Just listen to what you're told and learn. Learn to 
treat people as they would expect to be treated. You worked in Russell Street, Janet, before transferring to Ballarat. I know it was a long time ago, but what was that transition like between going from the city to working in country as a police member? Oh, yes, but I'd been in other places before that. At one stage, they thought up a very good idea that a lot of the policewomen there were allotted to either two members on a station or quite often there were only one. There was one policewoman in an area. So they tried to uh, align the policewoman in a one-person station with somebody at Russell Street and they asked us to adjust our leave expectations so that when the country one went on leave, the one from Russell Street would go and it would be the same person, which was really sensible. So I was aligned with Val Walsh, who was in Warrnambool, and I uh, used to toddle down to Warrnambool for, you know, three weeks every now and then when she went on leave. So I'd been working in other places. I'd been sent to, I think I worked in Wangaratta for a while. I never worked in Gippsland. We used to go out quite often to the outer stations, like I worked in Dandenong and things like that. So you weren't just sitting there waiting to be shot off into the country and you've never been, never seen what a cow looked like. <laughs> After seven years, you returned to Melbourne, Janet. You were working at Russell Street again and you were stationed at a number of inner city stations. What crimes were you investigating then in the mid-1970s? Do you remember? Oh, stealing of cars, that was good. Well, shoplifters, and let's face it, it's a really big problem, this shoplifting. And I can always remember a wonderful time when I was at Fitzroy and I sent a couple of girls off down to capture the shoplifter. And there'd been some people of um, another ethnic uh, origin, shall we say, and they'd gone into a Target store where there were a lot of things on display, a lot of clothing, and there was a door which was ostensibly into an office, but it had a one-way window in it where a shop detective could stand there and watch what was going on. And so this detective was watching one day and these two ladies uh, came in they had a bit of a look around and they looked at this place uh, this door and then one of them got down went whoops down on her knees and looked under the door now what had happened is the store detective was a very short lady and she had put a chair there so that she could see out the window but so when you looked under the door there was just a chair legs (laughs) So they then proceeded to fill up their uh, bags and uh, they were wearing coats with extra pockets in it and filling those up with good clothes and everything and they were very surprised when they were stopped. (laughs) What a great story. You met your husband in the job and he was a chief inspector. Was it very common for people to strike up relationships when you're working together? Oh, I think there were were a few, yes. There were quite... Yeah, amazingly, some of uh, my girls, you know, on the station where I was, uh, have met other 
other people and non-police persons. But um, because of working at Russell Street and being on patrol cars, you knew a lot of the D24 operators, where at one stage Jock had been a D24 operator. And there was... I went down to Melbourne, this was right, doing exams for my sergeant's exam. And uh, as you used to, you wandered over, after exams, you wandered over to the police club to see who was there. And there were a table of D24 operators. Oh, hi. So I went over and said hello to them. And Jock was there. Oh, what are you doing down in Melbourne? Oh, sergeant's exams. Oh, what questions? He said, I've got my inspector's exam tomorrow. What questions do you get? Well, there'd been this ridiculous question, which was something that you would have had a week to go and look up. It was about um, uh, condemning a chair in a police station, you know, a really top operational question. And we'd all laughed about it and gone to look up the answer. So we all laughed about it and Anyway, some weeks later, because I was just on the verge of promotion to sergeant, so I get um, the Faraday kidnapping. People who don't know about that, where a man kidnapped the entire school, the uh, teacher and everybody, and I was at Ballarat at that stage, and the... Um, superintendent had come down and said, look, get in the car, and uh, there was another policewoman with me, get in the car and just drive slowly because it's, it's a silly thing and, you know, I'll be calling you back in 10 minutes when we find out it's a lot of rubbish. Well, he never did call us back and we ended up at Castle, Maine, and they, they were allotting jobs and, uh, and people were arriving because it was a fairly serious thing. By It was probably about 6 o'clock by then and this entire school was missing. And um, so... They said, we arrived there and I've been allotting jobs and they said, oh, well, you're, you're a sergeant, you're in charge of the phones. They said, there's this phone and the old PMG were putting more phones in and they said, and that phone is your direct link to D24, so make yourself known to whoever's on the other end. So I picked up the phone and it was Jock. And he said, oh, I owe you a drink because I went into that exam the next morning and got the same question. <laughs> So that's how you met? No, I'd known, him for, I'd known him for a long time because as a D24 operator, you just knew all these people. So anyway, that's and the rest is history. The rest so he is, bought me a drink. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. Yes, it is history. Yes. Great story, Janet. You retired after nearly 20 years. Was that an easy decision? Well, Jock was at that stage the um, chief inspector to the deputy commissioner, his staff officer, and these two wily gentlemen had found some clause where they would be able to retire a few years early. So they were putting this into operation, and I, at that stage, Jock and I had already bought a country property, and it just seemed the right thing to do. And we were looking, you know, through thinking about retirement and what we would do and Jock's, Jock had been married previously uh, he had his daughter who was a single mother with a young boy came to us and said would we take 
her son because she could not give him the life that he needed and she couldn't cope. So we retired and became parents to an eight-and-a-half-year-old. So the only thing we could do for him was give him the best education. So he jock-walked down to the gate for the school bus every morning with the spelling list and <laughs> met, the, met the school bus at night with the spelling list. <laughs> and I looked after the mother's club and school lunches and all that sort of thing. So there we are. Another long journey. Yeah, another long journey. <laughs> well, Janet, it's been a delight. We're going to have another chat, but thank you very much for sitting with me today on the Crime Couch. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure is all mine too, Rochelle. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson, and I look forward to your company next time on the Crime Couch. 